cord. All right. Does it? Did it say it was recording for you? Yep. Meeting is being recorded. Got it. All right. Sweet. Okay. So I haven't done an intro in a while. Um, <laughs> you're probably better than me. Than better than me oh, at this. It's taken a long time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So got to get it. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Knowledge is Power podcast. I'm your host, Max Willett. And today I have a little bit of a different guest. Usually I have local business owners on, but today I have a YouTuber on. Uh, <laughs> yes, from New Hampshire. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, that'd be great. All right. What's going on, guys? Uh, my name is Jake Garino. And uh, as Max said, I'm an automotive YouTuber. I, uh, I own DriveHub uh, and I do everything related to cars, basically. That's the easiest way to put it. Great. Every so, kind of car, everything. Yeah. I mean, so I met you or I guess I texted you about the cars that I know of in New Hampshire. Must have been like two years now. Oh, it, it was at least two years ago. Yeah. Two or three. It was a long time ago. Cause I think it was when I was working up there in 2019. So, okay. yeah. So yeah. And then, um, then I went to your car show last year, which was awesome. Yep. I brought my buddy up there and there was that Thank sick four, eight, eight. Oh yeah. That, that blue one. That was yep. awesome. Yeah. Um, that was. Yeah. So, so today we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about cars and about Jake's YouTube channel. Um, and what he thinks about YouTube in general. Uh, so the first question I want to ask you is, so what made you want to create a car channel? You know, there's a million different things you could do. Why cars? Um, so I started about six years ago, just a car Instagram page um, because I was going to all these shows. I was traveling to Florida to see family and the, the car scene down around Southwest Florida and Naples, Florida was insane. Um, and I didn't want to clog up my personal Instagram feed with all these cars. So I was like, all right, I'll make a dedicated car uh, page and then just post all of the, the stuff that I was doing. You know, I was at this dealership in Florida. There was an Enzo there. I'd post that. I went to this dealership. There was a P1 post that. Then when I came back north, I was going to all these shows and stuff. I had buddies that had pretty cool cars. Pretty cool at the time for me, you know, 350Zs, uh, Subaru STIs and stuff like that. And, um, and it was just basically a way to, to, to post the cars that I was seeing. Um, and that translated into starting to do the videos. I just, I had a passion for cars and, um, I just lived and breathed cars. So it was, it was the only option. There was nothing that came close. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so six years now you've been, you've had a channel. Uh, so I actually, I started oh. the YouTube channel around five years ago, a year okay. into starting, um, the car page because, um, again, I had a Jeep, my brother had a Jeep, um, and I was doing work on him and stuff. I was like, all right, this is a cool way to document it and stuff. And I really had no hopes of ever growing it. I was just posting just to, just to post. I liked, mm -hmm. I liked filming stuff. I loved photography at the time I was taking a photography class in college at the time. And, um, I just like documenting it. There was really no, no trajectory or anything. It was just to, just to make videos and get them up there. Yeah. Very cool. So the original name of your channel was drive New Hampshire, right? That's right. And you changed your name to drive hub. Yep. Um, and I was actually interested in why you changed the name. Now you had brushed over, I think on, on Instagram or whatever. So why, what was the main reason why I changed your name? So it was just not to limit myself. So mm -hmm. a few years into actually having the YouTube channel in the car page, um, I decided after doing a video on my dad's uh, 2006 Corvette convertible that he got down in Florida. I was like, hey, dad, can I take this and do like a like a kind of review with it? Just take it, drive it around, get some shots of it. And he didn't really understand what it what I was doing with it, he kind of just, you know, shrugged his shoulders and was like, sure, I don't, I don't really care what you do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and over the course of a week, I filmed a ton of shots, um, and did like a top gear style review. And in six months, it started to gain 10,000 views a day until it landed at like 650,000 views. And it blew my mind because up yep. to this point I was just doing little videos, you know, a buddy would come over and we'd install an exhaust or, you know, I'd put a lift kit in my Jeep, something like that. 
I never expected something to, I mean, to see something that you create be seen by that many people. It was, it was just, it like injected something in me. I was addicted mm-hmm. to it. I was like, holy crap. Like, and I, and AdSense, I was in the AdSense program. So I made a little bit of money and, um, and I was like, man, I think I'm going to start doing this more seriously. And at that time I was still drive New Hampshire. And after a few of those videos and they were doing pretty good, I was like, I don't want to limit myself to this demographic. I want to open myself up so that I can go to, you know, another state and film. If I go down to Florida, I can film and not be drive New Hampshire in Florida. I just wanted to become nationwide and, and even go international if I really wanted. So it was just a way to open up my demographic, hit a new target market and just not be limited by having an NH meaning New Hampshire in my name. Interesting. Um, and I don't know the thing about it. The thing about the the name that gets me isn't the name. It's the logo. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, maybe it should be like, cause I had the sticker on my car. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I was like, and then my mom said something about it. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I think I have to take it off. So it's, it's not on my car anymore. Damn it. And I, unfortunately, but I still have the t-shirt. And, it, That's and right. I'm still, and I'm still like, I don't know if I should wear the t-shirt or not. <laughs> so people will look at you. That's for sure. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's like one of those, like, like, like oh, yeah. double takes, like, exactly. what, like, what is that guy wearing? Yep. Oh but yeah. It, it's definitely, you know, and, and while that could be a negative at the same time, it's a positive because it, people do take that double take and they're like, they remember the name. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's a double-edged sword and it all depends on the audience. And obviously your audience isn't, you know, 50 year old woman, you know? Yeah, so exactly. Um, I mean, while it could be, it's not, that's not necessarily no. who it is. <laughs> no. So obviously YouTube is a very competitive market. Extremely. You know, there's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of channels, and then thousands, if not tens of thousands of car channels. Yeah. So what do you do to try to stand out in the plethora of channels on YouTube? Uh, the only way to put it would to be more entertaining because yeah. the thing that I found is I love cars and you can be driving the nicest car in the world, you know, everyone's dream car. But if you're not, you know, if you're just not to insult the market, but I, a lot of the guys are pretty mundane. They're pretty, mm. pretty bland. Um, I loved Top Gear. And the yeah. thing that I found with Top Gear is they were more entertaining than anything. Well, sure, they were, they were driving. Yeah. They were different. And sure, they were driving around, you know, most of the time in these insane cars. But they could be doing some of the challenges and, you know, those the biggest pieces of crap. I mean, I can't even say how many times they did, you know, challenges with these really, you know, cheap cars or something. And they were still making it entertaining. You didn't watch it for the cars. You watched it for them. Exactly. That was the only way that I think that I stand out. And, um, and people have, I've noticed it in the comments and stuff and, you know, more in the recent months than anything, I even came out of my own shell. I wouldn't say that I'm a very shy person to begin with, but when you get a camera in front of anyone, at first it's pretty it changes you so even the first few months that i was doing it hell the first few years um even though i tried to be funny i really wasn't and it was until i kind of forgot that the camera was there and was myself more um that i became a little bit more out of my shell and people found that it was a little more entertaining and that's and that's why i think some people stick around okay so it's funny because i really i don't really watch a lot of youtube but there is one guy that when they upload i watch him and that's a strad man yeah i've watched him since like freshman year of high school if not before oh, that. yeah and yeah. um i i look up to him as like sort of a content creator you know 3d printing and cars are totally different but yeah. i try to make different content uh for example like i've done a 3d printed golf ball video i did one i made a car part um yep. and then i just recently did a disc golf video and I 3D printed a, a disc and wow. did that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so what car or what YouTuber in general do you kind of look up to in terms of content? It's hard to, to pick one. Um, 
I do also find myself watching the Stradman more than anybody just because he's probably the most entertaining out of all of them. He's high mm-hmm. energy and stuff. He's always doing something cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, but as for like the actual reviews and the more informative stuff, I'd have to say I watched Doug, Doug DeMuro. Yeah, Doug DeMuro. Um, Who doesn't everyone, watch him now? Ev- literally everyone yeah. watches him. He's, yeah. he's huge and he's, um, he's, entertaining that's really it's 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 entertaining to watch so those are probably the the main two and i'll hop around and stuff and and the thing that i do mostly is i don't watch youtube just to sit and watch youtube uh i literally don't have the time so Mm. whenever i do watch youtube it's to learn something so i'll watch every single automotive youtuber there is like whistling diesel is another one okay Um, is it kind of with stradman uh no he hates stradman they have beef they, they do beef. then who's yep. the guy with the long how do you have a beef with stradman he hates that he does everything in purple or something and he just ah, that's stupid. There were, he he said it roughly in one of the videos but um whistling diesel again is just entertaining i hate that yeah. he destroys you know some nice stuff some people's dream stuff but the kid is so smart in the way that he did it you can't stop watching so it's 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 a yeah a good success story was he the one on Discovery Channel? Is that who that was? Or no? Those are the uh, Diesel Brothers or whatever. Diesel Brothers, yeah. Yeah. And Diesel Dave um, sometimes does videos with Whistling mm-hmm. Diesel. So that's probably, oh, okay. you might have seen him yeah. floating around. Yeah. I mean, Doug DeMiro is interesting because I could only like watch one of him a week because his voice kind of yeah. gets annoying. <laughs> yeah. I get about once every two weeks. Yeah. I can, I can actually watch him. Yeah. Cause it's, it, they're super long and sometimes it's like, oh, you know, another Jeep yeah. going up the, the side of a window and he's like, it's so cool. And I'm exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Yeah. You said that every single Jeep video you've done. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. But I know exactly what you mean. It's crazy though that he just, I did watch or, kind of watch i watched like 10 minutes of the newest the grand uh not the grand the the wagoneer the new yep, Jeep yep wagon, grand wagoneer yep. is that what yep. it is the grand and, wagoneer yeah and that thing 110 grand for a freaking jeep yeah it's uh it's <laughs> i don't know i'd have to see the video and stuff i know it has the six point six point four in it though yeah but the scat pack yeah but 110 grand for a jeep like there it's gonna take him a few years you know because that's like x6 territory and an x6 is probably just a better car just because it's a better company and it's better built um reliability usually at one hundred and ten thousand miles people aren't really worried about that one hundred and ten thousand dollars because they'll just pay to fix it yeah you know but from a from a reliability standpoint, I think that's the only thing the Jeep would have over the BMW, just the yeah. naturally aspirated V8, you know, exactly. is this going to run longer? Yeah, um, everything. yeah. So obviously you said you've been doing YouTube for five years. How long did it really take you to get used to that channel? Uh, the camera, I know it's, we brushed over that, but how long did it take you for really get used to it? How long did it take me to actually get used to the camera? Uh, yeah. it's, it's embarrassing. It took me, um, probably five years yeah five years to actually get it's not that it again it's not that the camera bugged me it was what it did to me what it did to my personality like like i was i was more toned down i didn't want to crack jokes um you know i i was worried about people watching me when i was filming and stuff Mm. um just because i would you know i'd get nervous and stuff and i'd keep saying um 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 again, it was probably in the last year, year and a half where I actually was finally like, look, dude, it's just a camera. It's, you yeah. know, and I, I looked at it more as instead of you're talking to a camera, act as if you're talking to, to someone yeah. as if you're your best friends right there and you're talking to them. And that's really what, what changed, what changed everything for me was, was learning to overcome that. I have noticed that your, your videos have gotten a lot higher quality over the past year and a half. And Thank like, you. I mean, cause you know, you watch a lot of people like just brushing over channels and then you get one channel that has like a couple hundred thousand subscribers and the guy sucks. Like you're like, how? Yeah. yeah. Like, I just don't understand it. And yeah. my dog just knocks something over. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting, but there is one YouTuber that I absolutely cannot stand. And that's vehicle virgins talk about beef with the strat yeah. man. Yeah. That guy Seriously. just annoys me. 
Yep. Like it's wait. his voice and oh. his and demeanor. Just, yeah, he's just like I just I just don't like him. I I did I watched him for a few years and then he started getting in the beef with the Stradman. I'm like you can't make yeah. fun of the Stradman and get away with it. And it's yeah. funny cuz he cuz he's got like 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 2 million subscribers but he gets like yeah. 10,000 views a video. So yeah, the big thing cuz again, I don't like him but I'll watch him because there's something to learn from him. So mm. um what I found out from watching him is that he had he had a bunch of videos go huge. And that's how a lot of guys get to where they are. I'll notice even, you know, I'll use Instagram reels. For example, I had an Instagram reel get like a hundred thousand views Mm. and literally overnight I gained almost 200 followers. So you scale that up to a million views on YouTube. Look at what you're going to get for subscribers. You're going to get as many subscribers in that one video as I've gotten working at this for six years. So, Mm That has a lot to do with it, but Vehicle Virgin said something about he was on medication or something that made him for a few videos just go haywire, and they were terrible videos. He lost a ton of following, um, and now he's in like his recovery phase. So that's why his views. I noticed that too. He's got two million subscribers, and his yeah. views are you know twenty, thirty thousand views. Well, that's how you make the money. It's just views, right? Yeah. Not subscribe. You, I mean, once yeah. you get over a thousand subscribers and four thousand watch hours, yep. You know, it doesn't matter how many subscribers you get. Exactly. Subscribers is basically, yeah. Subscribers is just basically, um, if you have a big subscriber base, you have a lot of people that are going to get notified when you make a video. Yeah. So, you know, if you have a million subscribers and I make a video, um, if a million people get notified that I have a video, it's a good chance that a lot of them are going to watch it. The most important thing for a YouTube video is right when you post it in the first 24 hours. So if you can get a lot of subscribers get a lot of those subscribers to watch that video. When you first make it, that video is going to, is going to be successful. It's funny because, you know, I've uploaded videos on YouTube on my custom 3d channel. And I used to like, think like, I used to look at a video and be like, Oh, that's clickbaity. And it totally works (laughs) like clickbait. Yeah. Yeah, And it's like, I did a video when I was, so I'm at my office right now, but I used to run it out of my parents' basement corner in the basement. And I like, film the video so that like the camera was pointed down at me. So you couldn't see the ceiling. And then for like, like the, um, like the thumbnail or whatever, the picture, yep. I used like a picture of this 3d printing farm that I had. I just found out on Google and it was like a picture <laughs> of like 50 printers on a wall. And I put it up there and it's the most viewed video on my channel. I got like 12,000 views on it. There you go. There you and, go. and I got called out for it so much in the comments. <laughs> I got like, I got like two shelves with like six printers and then like a monitor. Yep. And it's like, and I'm like filming it very preemptively, like pointing it down. This is it. Yep. I'm not trying to show the ceiling and the video sucked, but <laughs> it's like, I got 12,000 views on it. And it was just like, what is it like to have a 3d printing farm? That's what I, that's what I called it. And then put that's that smart picture title up too. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, I've tried to generalize the titles a lot more. Um, obviously I'm not great at it. I have like 378 subscribers, which is, hmm. well, I mean, it's, it's, it, I basically do it to add to like the brand of the company. You know, it's not something that I want to make my main source of income because I understand that's very difficult to do that. Um, but to the next question. So is, is YouTube your full-time job or, Really? Yeah. Yeah. So YouTube, I made it, um, about, uh, just about two years ago, I made it my full time, um, my full time gig. I have other very small, um, other revenue streams, things that I do on the side that are kind of related to it in a way. Um, but YouTube is my main gig. It is, uh, it is full time times 10. (laughs) wow see i didn't you know i don't know what the like the view rate is and the subscriber count where you could really start (laughs) making enough money to support yourself was but what did you do like when you were doing youtube and you couldn't sustain yourself what was your part-time job or full-time job so i was um i was actually (laughs) i was a, a pizza delivery driver while i was in college yeah and then um because I loved driving. 
Yeah. And uh, I was just driving around delivering pizzas in town in my Jeep. It was amazing. I had the roof off and stuff. Sorry for the cold pizza, everyone. But, um, and then I, uh, I left that cause obviously the gas was just destroying me. I was, mm. God, the fuel was ridiculous. But, uh, after that, while I was in Solon college, I, um, I got a job at enterprise and I was a driver for them. So basically I would go to the dealership to get a car or a group of cars um, that were going to become new rental cars. And then I would drive them out to the branches. Uh, but the best thing was it was all throughout new England. So, you know, one day I could be way at the tip of Maine uh, the next week down in Connecticut, uh, Rhode Island. It was amazing. And I still do that one day a week just because I love it. I love my coworkers and some it's, it's, it's honestly like a break from YouTube for a day. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, yeah, that, yeah that, that's an interesting job. Yeah. So um, I guess we're going to talk a little bit about cars here. Oh, so yeah. um, obviously recently there's been a huge EV movement, EV yeah. meaning electric vehicles. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think that it's a good thing that the Mustang has gone electric that, Hummer is now electric. Um, and good thing is generalized. So what do you think of that? I mean, you can't stop it at this point. I yeah. have driven a lot of EVs. Um, I drove a Tesla model X. I didn't do a video on it, but, um, EVs have their, their strong points. I mean, there's no getting around the fact that they're blisteringly quick. Um, they have one moving part. Um, and yeah, you save, you don't have to pay for gas, but I mean, we all know the trade-off there's, there's no sound. How am I supposed to row through the gears in something that doesn't have gears? Mm -hmm. um, so I think they have their place like an, uh, like an electric Jeep, an electric Hummer. Those are awesome for off-roading, you know, the, the, having the torque instantly and stuff. Um, the EV Hummer, I watched videos of it going on. Oh no. What was it I was watching off road? One of those has a crab vehicles. walk. The, the yeah. Hummer has a crab walk. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. And um, so stuff like that, it's good for. But I don't, I don't think EVs are going to be the future. I think like who is it? Porsche that's trying to find an alternative fuel. Um, I think that's going to be what ends up doing it okay. because batteries, as we all know, what what happens to the batteries when they when they die? I mean, you have to replace batteries. I don't know what the what the um what the time slots are when you have to replace those, but mm -hmm. you have to replace those and they're going to end up somewhere. They're going to end up in a landfill. You know, that's no better for the environment. Mm -hmm. it's, so. it, it's, it's very interesting take on it because honestly, some people would call that controversial saying that yeah. EVs aren't as great for the environment as people say they are. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and people don't even realize what it takes to build one. And I think engineering explained did a video on this and yeah. Yeah. He, he talked about, you know, basically you need to drive your electric car for five years, your Tesla Model S for it to make a difference in, um, you know, the environment, right? Because yeah. what it took to manufacture that it's, it's insane. Like you have to get the, lith the lithium from South America and then yep. it's completely assembled in the United States and you got to get plastic parts from China yep. and all this different things. And then Tesla assembles it like crap. And then it doesn't last five years. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Hoovy's garage rented yep. a Tesla model S, uh, and it was absolutely horrible. It was 2013 and really? the door, the, the, the handles come out. And when he'd go yep, to yep. open the door and close on his hand. Ooh. So yeah, I'm sorry. Can you hear, can you hear that in the background? Nope. Okay. My dog nope. is chewing on <laughs> a rubber toy. That's and, all right. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. And I, it's very annoying, but uh, so yeah, it, it's absolutely insane. Uh, have you been around a Mustang Mach-E yet? I haven't been around a Mustang Mach-E. Um, do I like that they took the Mustang nameplate? Eh, mm. I, don't, I, I can't say I'm a huge fan of it. Um, I don't get why they couldn't have called it something else. Why didn't they call it like the Edge or something? They just had the Ford Edge that died off, you know, not that long ago. And I feel like- Oh, they killed cool. that? I think they killed the, the Edge I a while ago. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
Yeah. Yeah. My parents had one and, uh, and it, it wasn't a bad car until the transmission, you know, crapped out, but why not use that name for your crossover as why would you do Mustang? That's the only thing that I don't get. I think it, the biggest thing is, um, marketing, you know, it, yeah. it, especially like on Google, like you look up Mustang and now the Mach-E comes up. Yeah. You know, not a lot That's of people are looking up for a Ford edge. Yeah. Know? I mean, they yeah, are, sure. but, um, it's just, you know, a, a Mustang isn't, a horrible selling car and now people can look it up and get an SUV. And I've seen yeah. a couple of them actually out and about. And uh I saw one at the Boston Auto Show when it was yep. first released. And I said instantly I said that's a Ford Edge. I was that's like not- it looks exactly <laughs> like a Ford Edge. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't get why they why they but I mean it does make sense the marketing and stuff. It's yeah. And you way. you had talked about how the electric uh cars are good for off-roading. Yep. What is like the center of gravity going to play? Because it's, it, it's like, cause it's so low, right? Well, that, yep. does that take any difference into that off-roading? helps off-road? Oh, yep. okay. That helps off-road because okay. if you're, if your center of gravity is high, then you're more likely to tip over. It's the same oh, way. It's okay. the same thing in a way that if you're in a sports car, you want your center of gravity low because it's less likely to roll over. So especially off-road where you're, much more prone to roll over. Well, yeah, I'd say much more prone to roll over. Yeah. Um, you want your center of gravity low. That's why, you know, lifting a Jeep isn't really as much to help it off-road as it is to to look better. Because if you lift it when you go off-roading and stuff and you already have ground clearance, then you're just increasing your center of gravity, which isn't that good. Mm. So where it's all right, because you can clear more obstacles and stuff, if you didn't need to lift it in the first place and you could still get over those obstacles with it being factory ride height, which in my Jeep, I could, there was nothing I couldn't get over when it was stock. I just lifted it to look better and stuff. Um, I just made it a higher center of gravity really. Yeah. Interesting. What do you think of, yep. I don't know how, why, but like the new Jeep, like the newest model, I don't know yep. what you call it. Like the JL JL. Yep. JL let's go. Yep. Okay. Yep. There you go. Um, it's controversial. Like people, some people don't like it. Um, why is that? Like, I don't understand. It looks exactly the same. Um, I think it's more the, the creature comforts that they put in it because, Mm -hmm. uh, you have the diehard Jeep fans who, you know, maybe in the eighties got a CJ seven that had nothing in it. I mean, it was literally the same. It was just a, a body on a frame and it had a steering wheel. Yeah. Um, so I think it's those people that don't like it and think that a Jeep has to be this bare bones, um, you know, thing. And the only thing I'd say to that is if you want a bare bones Jeep, then buy an older Jeep. Like I know people that have the same generation Jeep that I have, which is the 97 to 06. It's the TJ generation. And they haven't upgraded because they liked it. It's an older analog Jeep. It's got the old straight six in it. Um, it doesn't have a lot of creature comforts. Mine doesn't even have traction control. Um, but I know people who, you know, they don't want a new Jeep just because they like the older ones. So they, they went and bought an older one and that's the way it's going to be. Why would Jeep put less things in their SUV and make it sell worse? You know, it's hmm. to just to keep with a nameplate. It's the same thing with the C8. Everyone's like, oh, why would you change it? You know, wh- where are the, you know, why is the engine in the back? Well, why would you keep your sports car, you know, limited? They reached the, they reached the max potential of a front engine layout. They made a really fast car with the C7 Z06. They made it as fast as possible. The engine had to go somewhere else to make the Corvette faster. So that's just, that's what you do. It's evolution. That's interesting because I, I have a mixed take on the C8. You know, I'm, I like, I like old cars, but not, I'm not crazy for them. I got a friend who's super, super into old cars, Um, but I'm, I like modern cars. I like evolution, but I mean, for them to say that uh, the C7 was like the maximum potential of a front engine car. I just, I kind of disagree with it because there are things wrong with the C7 that could have been improved. Like the, the transmission was huge. Yeah. I had a regular automatic transmission in a car yeah. with 755 horsepower on the ZR1. Yep. Like think about if you put a double clutch or if you put a like a similar transmission like that Porsche has with the PDK, yep. that might take 0.2 seconds off to zero to 60. Yeah. You know, and then boom, it's as fast as a C8. Yeah. 
The, so I haven't driven a C7. That's the problem is mm. um, I haven't driven a C7. It stinks. But mm. um, the thing I think they ran out of speed with was they ran out of traction. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that's you can put as much horsepower as you want in a car. But if you can't get that power to the ground, you're sitting there spinning. So, yeah, that's where I think they ran out of um, out of performance with it, because, yeah, you can make it shift quicker. I don't know how much the transmission would affect, you know, the amount of torque getting put to the wheels at whatever instant. Um, But I think it was really a matter of just running out of traction. Seven hundred and fifty horsepower with front front engine when you don't have that much weight in the back is hard it's hard to get to the pavement Mm -hmm. so do you think it would have been more controversial for them to update the corvette make it a front engine and put all-wheel drive or for them to move it to the back because obviously rear-wheel drive is huge yeah uh you're just gonna have a different handling car too Mm -hmm. but then again you have a different handling car with the engine in the middle so that's a that's a good point sorry could you hear that yeah, it's okay. Text on my computer. I don't know why I come through. Um, yeah, it's that's a really good point. I just I think I don't know. There's something about an all-wheel drive car because now you're opening it up to people who are like, oh, it's all-wheel drive. Now I can drive it in the winter. Mm. You know, oh, now I can you know drive it in the rain. Yeah. So whereas if it's rear-wheel drive, granted that hasn't stopped some idiots from driving their Corvettes in the winter, <laughs> but um. <clears throat> And you lose, again, you lose like a handling characteristic of having it be all-wheel drive. Um, again, even though it's when you put the engine in the back, you definitely change the handling too. Yeah. Um, but that was probably a thing. You know, if they told Corvette drivers that, hey, you know, now it's all-wheel drive, you know, some of the people who are driving Corvettes, the older guys may not have even driven anything that's ever had all-wheel drive. Like, so that's the only argument I have to that. But again, that's not a bad point. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel about that. Yeah. Of course, it was like, Hey, it's all wheel drive now. You know? it is. Well, I feel like when they come out with the electric car, I mean, yep. not the, like, like the hybrid one, what's yep. that going to be called? Like this, like this could be like uh, Zorro or Zorro. Yeah. Yep. So like that might be all wheel drive. Like who knows? There were rumors. I mean, yeah. There were rumors, you know, and it's interesting. It, it really is. But I mean, I do like the C8. I feel like it could have been designed a little bit more with the traditionals. I would have loved if they brought back this, like the circle tail lights. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with the, the tail light thing. Cause I yeah. think that is, uh, you know, what car now has circle tail lights. So if they could have somehow put circle tail lights into that, that would have been really cool mm-hmm. and they could have done it. Yeah. I mean, and the front end looks a little too Japanese for me or it doesn't look Italian. I mean, it does, but it looks like, Japanese and like Italian styling. It yeah. doesn't look American. And it's really tough to say that about a mid-engine car because there really aren't a lot of mid-engine American cars. Yeah. So it's like it's really tough to say that. But yeah, I mean it's I feel like it could have been more like an individual design and it really isn't. Yeah, that's that's hard because they built the chassis and stuff before anything. So yeah. the body kind of had to conform to to handle yeah. the rest of the thing. So and there's um, so many more regulations now. It's yeah, insane. Exactly. Like the car isn't, it, it's not designed anymore. It's what the, the feds say, you know, yeah. what it can and can't be. Exactly. Yeah. Your taillight has to be this high off the ground. You know, this, this bumper has to be this height. Yeah. Well, there is. Yeah. So it, I mean, I can, I can feel for them. That's, that's gotta be a hard job. I think it's hilarious it. that when Mercedes puts like the badge on like the hood ornament. Yep. And it has to bend over. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause if you hit somebody, it's probably going to impale them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you kill someone with your Mercedes badge. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting, but back on the yeah. EV topic. Yeah. So, um, there's a, there's this new company called Rivian. Yep. Right. Have you heard of that? Yep. What's your, what have you, what do you think about them? Uh, I haven't done a, a ton of research on them, so I don't know if I'm even qualified to answer. I think it it looks, you know, it's a solid looking truck. I just I don't know what the uh, specs are compared to the um, the Cybertruck. Do you mm. happen to know? 
I think it's very similar. I, I don't think they've released exact horsepower numbers, but yeah, I think it's uh, zero to 60 in like three seconds. Wow. Um, and it's got, I, it's funny because people hate the Cybertruck because it looks like a wedge and yeah. people don't like the Rivian because it looks like a Nissan Frontier. Yeah. So it's like, where's the middle yeah. ground? You're not going to please everyone. That's the problem. Yeah. You're, just, you're not going to win. Personally, I prefer the Rivian over the Cybertruck. I think the Cybertruck is too edgy and who knows, you might yep. bring somebody diff- something totally different to market um, yeah. because uh, it's just, it's just ugly. Like it's not different. It's just ugly. Like yeah. it's, it's, it just doesn't do it for me. And I mean, literally the only reason why people are going to buy it is because it's Tesla and Elon Musk said it was cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. You have a huge portion of those people who yeah. that is. It's just, yep. Well, yeah. I could buy one, you know, all hell Elon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I definitely do like the, I think it looks like it's built a lot better, which is huge because, yeah. like I said before, the main complaint about Tesla is that they suck in terms of build quality. Yeah. So I have been in one um, Model S before and they yep. were doing a test drive event at where my dad works. Um, oh, yeah. And it's, he works for an energy company and he was driving. I was in the back seat and it was a P 100 D this was probably like 2018. Yeah. Oh man, dude. I mean, I've been in some nice cars, you know, that, that thing made them feel like, 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 uh, like a toy car. Yeah. And the speed problem, they're fast. (laughs) My dad didn't even floor it. He, he chickened out with like three quarters (laughs) and I don't blame him because I was like, like yeah like it's, those people don't exaggerate online like no. it's literally like you cannot like reach forward i still remember seeing the the tesla roadster video and um watching someone go for a ride in one and they drove through like this tunnel or something mm-hmm. and it literally looked fake mm-hmm. because they were accelerating so quickly so you know that's the thing with evs there's no yep. doubting they are so fast yeah 100 torque well, right away instantly yeah i mean when that came out zero 60 1.9 seconds right the, the roadster yeah i believe the so. new one now the <clears throat> plaid does that the model s yeah. plaid does that so like yep. now the roadster needs to do it like one and a half seconds you know which if is like when's out. it gonna stop is it just gonna yeah. be like you guys gonna be driving at a tail at a at a red light and in order not to hit 60 instantly you're gonna have to like barely touch yeah. the throttle yeah you know, like, like you're driving a dragster on the road yeah exactly yeah like 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 i mean there's got to be a point where it's like you know you have to like like put settings in you know oh it'll it'll come eventually because everything everything is zero to 60 now i mean if you have a two cars and one's yeah. faster than zero to 60 you're automatically going to think that that car's better mm-hmm. you just yeah. everyone uses zero to 60 i mean i'm guilty of it you know it's just What's the sound so cool? Isn't there a new mile per hour, like like 200 kilometers an hour or like 154 miles an hour or something like that? Like what they do, like, like, uh, like Hennessy did, Hennessy did it with the new F5 and Koenigsegg has been doing it with some of their cars. And I can't remember like, like the zero to like, it's over a hundred miles an hour. And that's like oh. the new zero to 60 or something. Yeah. It might you know, be zero to 150. Yeah, 150. Okay. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Because I mean, like the like the Hennessy can do it in like 14 seconds or something crazy like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with some of those cars, you know, their zero to 60 may not be the greatest, but it, they do like, you know, 50 to 150 in like two seconds. Mm-hmm. That is a that's an experience to do that's that. something it's, you could really do because you'd be driving on the highway and it's at night and there's nobody else on the highway and just floor it. Exactly. Cause zero yeah. to 60 is half about the launch. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's, if you can get the power down to the tires and not make them spin, you'll have a good zero to 16 time, but like to do 50 to 150 quick, you need a lot of horsepower and you need good traction. Cause you can easily break the tires loose at, you know, 50 hell 100 150 you can break tires loose on some of these seriously high horsepower cars Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it it, it's it's insane i mean the ev movement is happening and i mean i actually um i had a class in in my first year college this engineering course and um we had to design a new product 
yep. basically what it was. And, you know, kids had like the, the solar panel windows yep. and like stupid stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't want to come up with something like that. I want to come up with something that, you know, obviously I can't think of it in three weeks, you know, yep. but something that's original. So I thought about like, so hydrogen fuel cell already exists. And electric cars already exist. And hydrogen fuel cells basically just power a small electric battery that powers a motor. Yep. And I was like, I was thinking, you know, why don't they make the battery in the hydrogen fuel cell cars larger instead of having a small one that just powers a battery in the hydrogen fuel cells of main source? Like it's not as it's not as prevalent as gas. Obviously, it's only in California. Yeah. So I thought, you know, just have that one fuel cell tank or, you know, the fuel cell and then the hydrogen tank, and then have a large, like 85 kilowatt hour battery or something yep. like that. And then as the battery gets low, the fuel cell can charge up the battery and the battery is the main source power, but you have that backup. And then instead of having gas stations, you know, hydrogen stations everywhere, maybe you can have them at like the dealerships or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, but it was, it's interesting because, I mean, hydrogen is a really interesting car. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on those, but that's like that alternative fuel that you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know a ton about them. I thought the last hydrogen powered car was like just this weird concept thing. Are well, there they, more companies that made a, well, Toyota makes one, the Murai. Oh, it's really? It's a... They sell them in California and Hyundai makes one. Really? Yeah. Hydrogen powered cars, hydrogen fuel cell. Hydrogen fuel cell. So it's 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 hydrogen gas that's condensed into mechanical, you know, into electrical that yeah. turns into mechanical energy. Huh. So yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, it's been around for a few years now. Hydrogen yeah, I might cell. have to do a little research then. I've yeah, I've, I haven't heard a lot about them. Well, they don't exist on the East Coast. That's why they're only yeah, in California. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't. So have no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it. Well, California kind of sucks, anyways. It's just good for the the beaches exactly. and stuff yeah exactly <laughs> exactly absolutely especially now you can't walk down the road without seeing a drug addict and poop on the side of the road yeah oh know? yeah yeah the homeless camps and stuff yeah but uh <laughs> yeah so I, I mean back to youtube so i mean social media is obviously getting criticized a lot lately yep. so do you think that youtube will still be as big as it is now in 10 years uh, I, I think so. I think yeah. YouTube is going to be, I mean, it grew a lot recently. I think it's just going to keep going. I mean, I think cable's dead. Cable yeah. is going to be gone. YouTube, I think is going to be the, the new, the new cable. Mm-hmm. It's going to get massive. I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. I mean, there's some like 4,000, you know, minutes or something or hours of, of video that's uploaded to YouTube every like hour minute Mm -hmm. or something ridiculous. There was some crazy statistic that I Mm -hmm. read about and it just shows you how much, uh, how popular this platform is as long as they don't turn into like a TikTok and they start, you know, banning creators. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they have, and they have it. I, I I follow, I do watch this other YouTube. I watch like the Guggen squad and flair and things like that. And recently they had like a big blow up where people are getting demonetized. Oh yeah. So, um, basically they, they can't show the butchering of an animal or something like okay. that. Yeah. And videos are getting flagged and taken down. And for those yeah. guys, like that's obviously their main source of income. Like they have nothing else to fall back on. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. Cause like Steve Ranella, I don't know if you know who he is. Can't say I do. So he's a big uh, hunter and he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast or whatever. Yep. And he's, he has, he has a show on Netflix and it's really interesting because um, he does all of that and he's on YouTube and not once has he ever gotten demonetized, but then really? you got all these smaller guys. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's easy to pick on them. And it's funny cause they're not smaller. They have more subscribers than Steve Ranella does, but Steve Ranella has a Netflix show. Oh, Wow. And he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. So like, yeah, like the Guggen squad has like, I think probably well over 10 million subscribers across all their channels. And Jeez. yeah. So like, um, like, cause they have like probably like five or six members, something like that. And then they have like a Guggen squad channel and whatever, yep. you know, they're all outdoorsy fishing, hunting, whatnot sort of thing. 
And uh, yeah, that's, that's obviously a big thing because, you know, let's say that everybody moves to this and this is their main source of income for a lot of people like, and everybody's like, YouTube's a private company. They can do whatever they want. That's really scary. You know, that is, it is because then it's just up to Susan Wachowski or whatever the heck her name is of who is banned, who's allowed to make money and who isn't. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. I think that YouTube will be around, but I think other um, websites will have risen to not quite as large, but you know, it'll be like, Hey, have you seen this video on this, you know, instead of YouTube? you know, sort of thing. I think there'll be another, another platform. Uh, there's gotta be, because like you said, there is YouTube does have its shortcomings and stuff. And even, even in the past, like 10 years, you know, YouTube has taken a massive hit in AdSense. The, the old YouTubers used to make massive money with views and stuff. And, um, and there was a big, a big cut. It was much before my time. I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, but, you know, you could have people who made one video, went viral, made, you know, a quick hundred grand and then could jump ship. And now they're making you get a thousand, a thousand hours of watch time or no, a thousand subscribers, four thousand. Yeah. OK, four thousand. What's it? Hours of watch time? Hours. Yeah. OK. I think I, think I just hit a thousand or something like that. Of OK. Watch time. Yeah. But obviously I don't have enough subscribers. So it's like, you know. Yeah. But they, um, um, I was grandfathered into that. So I didn't have to hit the thousand, um, thousand subscribers. I was already, uh, I started my channel before that was even a thing. So I have, I've been in it for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at 1099 watch hours of 4,000 required. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really interesting. It's funny because I've made better videos of, than the one that got 12,000 views, but they get less views. Like they're yep, higher well, quality. YouTube is whack, man. I mean, it's... <clears throat> so I didn't realize as of recently just how important the title and the thumbnail is because as I learned the real hard way, you can make a kick-ass video. Sorry, I don't know if you're allowed to swear. Kick-butt video. That's okay. That's okay. And, uh, That's an okay. Just like the hard swears aren't good. <laughs> okay, yeah. But you can make a really, really good video. And if no one is inclined to click on that thumbnail or click on your title, no one is going to see it. It's the, your thumbnails, your gatekeeper. So, you know, I learned that because I was making these videos and I was putting literally stupid amounts of time into them. I mean, I have videos where I spend 30 hours at the computer mm. at just doing one video and then that video will tank. And it's because of the title and thumbnail and stuff. Um, so that was, that was something I learned that was huge importance on the success of a video yeah. and it's a huge piece of the puzzle. So, um, I've really spent a ton of time doing research and stuff. What makes a good title? What makes a good thumbnail? And like, I, I think you touched at the beginning, you made your titles pretty like vague wasn't the word you used, but instead of me being making a video, like, um, 2021 Lamborghini Urus review. Instead, I did my day with the three hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini SUV. Yeah, you know, it just it just sounds yeah. more intriguing. It's not so bland. Um, if I install like a, a mod on my Corvette, instead of saying like, you know, installing LED headlights on my Corvette, I'll make the title. I should have done this months ago, and it makes people question. You know, what 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 should you have done months ago? And the thumbnail is a picture of the Corvette. So people are going to be like, all right, they can put two and two together and obviously be like, all right. So obviously it's something has to do with the Corvette. I'm going to click and watch because mm -hmm. you've intrigued them. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I did. I did I actually did a vlog um, and it was a day in the life of a 3D printing engineer. And that's yep. my third most viewed video. How many and views? A thousand five hundred sixty eight views. There you and go. It's been up since February 15th. Yeah. Um, I thought that one was going to get more because of the like a day in the life part, because yep. I noticed that's a lot. But I mean, I don't know if I should change it to a different title and see if it sticks. You can change it. You can change the title. You can change a thumbnail. Um, I even had a ton of success changing titles and thumbnails and getting a huge return with like more views and stuff. 
Yeah. Um, but it's worth a shot because what does it cost you? A couple minutes to brainstorm a new title. Yeah. And then, you know, what's the thumbnail of it? Um, a picture of me and thrown to the 3D printer. Okay. Yeah. Does it yeah. have any writing or anything? No. I would throw in like yellow writing just day in the life. Okay. Yeah. Um, yellow is a high impact color that's been proven good for thumbnails and stuff. Um, I would change it if I were you to, to use that picture, make sure it has your face in it because uh, thumbnails with faces do better and then have yellow writing with a day in the life. Don't put 3d printing engineer mm. because that'll make people question. Even if they didn't read the full title, they'd be like day in the life of what, what is that machine and use a red arrow to point at the machine. Oh, okay. Red arrows, yeah. red arrows, uh, get people intrigued. That's been another proven thing. That's why you mm -hmm. see a ton of YouTubers use red arrows in their thumbnails. Yeah. Especially like, I'm ashamed to say this, but Mr. Beast. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is don't be ashamed. I literally this morning listened to, listen to a podcast with him and uh, watch two videos on, you know, his, you know, mm. secrets to success, what he thinks are, are, are uh, like big tips for YouTubers and stuff. Cause I mean, there's no doubting he's a, uh, he's the, one of the most popular creators on the platform. Mm -hmm. He knows something that I don't. So I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm not what gonna podcast was it? It. Uh, it was Colin and Samir. Who's that? Colin Samir. It's Colin and Samir. It's two oh, guys. Colin and Samir. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, they do a lot of uh, creator interviews. Okay. Um, they're on YouTube and stuff too. They're pretty good, and uh, I learned I learned quite a bit from the podcast of what yeah. Mr. Beast had to say. So, you know, he obviously he's a bigger creator than I am. He knows a lot more than I do. What if who am I to you know just brush it off because I don't like the guy? <laughs> it it is good though that somebody like him exists because the videos are very like what entertainment is supposed to be it's yeah. minecraft it's not minecraft with the social issue you know yeah. like it's yep. just entertainment and that's what a lot yep. of people that's why i love the strad man because he never he pretends like the world doesn't exist and that's what yep. they're supposed to do yeah and i don't want to i'm not watching the strad man to get lectured on his views on you know whether or not the pipeline should be canceled <laughs> or not <laughs> yeah exactly i'm watching him because you know, he's got nice cars and Utah's a cool state. And I like seeing the mountains and him driving on a salt lake. Yeah. That's why I watch him. You know, exactly. Exactly. Like, and, and a lot of people like have like, for some reason feel like their opinion needs to be heard when I don't really care what your opinion is. I just no, want to watch no. what your entertainment is, you know, time and time and place, you know, keep it out of the videos. Exactly. Exactly. That's how a lot of people get in trouble is they bring too much of their personal life into it. You know, your mm -hmm. people, people subscribe to you and follow you for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, don't and give that's them why, a reason to not. That's why I follow political commentators. Yeah. That's when I want to watch a video on that, watch a video on that. When I exactly. want to watch a video about a gated manual Murcielago, I'll watch yeah. that video. Yeah. You know, which is awesome. That car is amazing. And so... <laughs> It's funny because you said that yours was the most expensive car that you've yep. reviewed. Yep. Isn't the gated manual Mercy Lago supposed to be worth like 400 grand now? So the, the Yuris was um, two or three weeks before I had. the oh, Lago. So, okay. so the funny thing. Yeah. The funny thing was that was I had never I'd been doing YouTube for this long. I'd met, you know, all the guys with the supercars and stuff. Um, and I've driven a Corvette is really the, the, I guess you'd say the fanciest car I've driven, even though I've driven like RX sevens and stuff. I've driven now mostly everything, but I had never driven a supercar with the nameplate Lamborghini, you know, Ferrari. Um, so to have that Urus was so special to me. I mean, it literally, I couldn't believe I couldn't sleep the night before just, it was, it was life-changing, even mm -hmm. though it's, you know, it's the SUV, you know, a lot of people aren't even like, oh, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah, it's just an Audi and stuff. But, you know, it, it was so special to me. And then for, you know, a few weeks later to be like, hey, you know, here's a gated manual Murcielago. That was insane. So did he that, just email you or whatever or DM you? So the funniest thing was, is I met um, when I hosted my car show that you came to um, my friend, Izzy Tuner Army, the guy with the camo. Yeah. Yep. He, um. 
as the show was closing out, he was like, Hey, I want to introduce you to someone. He's my friend. And I went over to the other side of the show and he had a blue BMW M coupe. I don't know if you saw it there. It was Maybe. kind of in the back with, um, there was a yellow 488. There was a, I'm sorry, yellow 458 Ferrari. Um, there was an, I didn't see the other Ferrari there. Yeah. He was in the back. This is that first choice tires, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. remember seeing that other. I only saw that blue. I don't Ferrari. think, I don't think he was there for the whole time. Okay. Cause we left kind of early. Yeah. So, um, so I walked out back with there and he introduced, he introduced me to a guy named Rick Medeiros, who is actually a really good friend of mine now. And, um, and he's just introduced us to, he's like, uh, Rick is co-owner of a shop over in Merrimack, um, that repairs a lot of supercars and stuff. Um, he's like just a good person to know. So, um, he was like, you guys should meet up sometime, talk strategy, you know, talk marketing and stuff like that. So I did. Um, and the first time I met him, he let me drive his BMW M coupe, which is again, a really special, mm -hmm. very rare BMW. And, um, Oh, we, I know what you're talking. Yeah. The M coupe yep. is like the clown shoe car the clown shoe. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, so that was extremely special to me. Cause I was like, Holy crap. Like there aren't a lot of these around. Yeah. This is a really rare BMW. Yeah. So, um, so I took it for a drive. He gave me all sorts of, you know, input on my channel and stuff, things I should try to do. Um, a few weeks later, I, I did a video with this BMW M coupe, did a review on it. That's on the channel. And, um, he then introduced me to a bunch of other people who had these cars. Um, then I did videos with their cars. Um, I was supposed to actually film a Huracan, a guy he knew, uh, that tuna army also knew. Um, but that fell through the cracks. Um, not a great story, but, um, and I just kept hanging out with Rick and Izzy from Tuna Army. And um, I w kept going to Rick's shop because I filmed a few more cars there. And um, I was filming his business partner, another friend of mine, Halim. I was filming his yellow Audi S3, the one I just did a video on. It was like the last car review I did. And uh, I got to the shop one day and there was a gated manual Murcielago there with a Testarossa. And the same guy owned both of these cars. So I'm drooling over this thing. That's one of my dream cars. Hell, it's like everyone's dream car. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Rick, being the awesome guy he is, he's like, yeah, well, um, we'll try to get you in contact with the owner of that. We'll we'll get you. We'll try to get you in that car. So sure enough, uh, I was filming for the second day with the S3, and I dropped the car off, and um, the owner of the the gated manual Mercy was coming up to pick it up. So they planned it's that I was there when the guy showed up. So I met the kid who owned it. He's actually a year older than me. Um, I'm doing YouTube and this guy owns a gated manual Murcielago and the Testarossa. His name's Salem. He owns Moda Motive down in, in, uh, in Warwick. Great guy. Shout out to him. And, um, you know, we met Rick was like, Jake does videos for us. You know, you think he could, uh, he could film a video with the Mercy Lago. Salem was like, absolutely. Uh, do you mind driving to Rhode Island? I was like, I would drive halfway across the country wow. to, to film this thing. This is in Warwick. He has this a manual Mercy Lago. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so sure enough, a few days later, I drove down there, me and my brother, and uh, he helped me film and I had it for the day. Wow. And um, it was incredible. So, it was funny. You should have stopped by. <laughs> I, dude, I was, I ran out of, I actually ran out of time with the car. So I've got all the footage now and yeah. um, I don't know how I'm going to piece together a full video because I ran out of time. I spent so much time, you know, getting outside shots of it, getting drone shots and stuff that I had 20 minutes till his shop closed. And I hadn't even sat down in the car to actually film my review of it. I had driven mm -hmm. it a bunch and stuff doing the flyby shots getting the drone shots and stuff, but I didn't have an actual in-car review of it. So I, I, the shop was closing and stuff. And he was like, yeah, you just got to have the car back when, when we close and stuff so we can lock it up. And uh, I actually ran out of time with it. So I don't know how I'm going to piece together the video, but it, just the experience in general. I mean, man, it was insane. Yeah. I mean, the, the gated manual is the best part, you know, cause it, yeah. it just, it, I've driven nice cars and, I drove a C7 with yep. the seven speed manual and yep. it's just something about it, you know, um, 
the huge hood in front of you and then, you know, having to shift gears, you know, and the Porsche came in is the same. Um, and it's, it's, it's just something about it that I enjoy. I was actually thinking of a good video idea for you. You should do a video on why the Hyundai Elantra is the greatest car ever invented so that you can do a car video. Yeah. Hyundai Elantra. Cause that's what I drive. Yeah. That's what you A personal review of your Hyundai yes. Elantra. It's got <laughs> it's got a Walmart stereo in it, a Rockford Fosgate subwoofer, and a six-speed manual go. transmission that doesn't go in reverse sometimes. At least it's a manual. You have me in yes. It's a manual. It's yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, when you're on the highway going 65 and you floor it, nothing happens. You have to downshift when you're in six gear. Yeah. Because it's purely a fuel mileage gear because <laughs> i'll be like like trying to pass somebody i'm like oh all right got a downshift oh, sometimes yeah. you sometimes you even need to get into fourth gear because yeah. it's only got 138 horsepower <laughs> it sounds like my jeep it's got 110 yeah and it's shaped well, like a brick Jeeps. but yeah. at least your jeep is cool like oh my gosh and some guy yeah. sideswiped me like just just went and then yep i've got a scratch on the side of it i'm like oh man i was looking at a um at a GTI. Yep. That was super cool. It was dark blue in New York. And I was like, oh man, I want that car. But I just, I just didn't want to get into a payment. So, cause this car is yeah. all paid off. It's got 134,000 miles on it now. Not terrible. So, yeah. Not I mean, terrible. sometimes, so I was, I was like door dashing for extra cash. Yep. And, uh, it was, I was going into reverse at like an Applebee's and my car just wouldn't go in reverse. Oof. And I'm like, I'm like going to put it in a year. I'm like, Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) And now I don't DoorDash anymore because I don't want to pay 1500 bucks for the clutch to replace, Yeah, you know? So yeah, Yeah, that's, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's probably the clutch. It's probably what it is. Yeah. Going reverse. So, but it goes in reverse, you know, it just seems like when you go in reverse a lot, you know, yeah. cause I was going backing up, you know, and it just, if you go in reverse a lot, it seems to have that issue, but it's funny. Cause I was actually thinking about the C5. Um, and I was at a car show in Westerly, which is down yep. the road from me. And, uh, they had every generation except for the C6. Ah, yeah. They had a C8 there. Um, they had a C7, they had a, a C5, C4, they had a C2 and they had a first gen. Wow. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. You know, I, had, I had liked the C5, but I didn't really think it held up to some of the other cars, but they were kind of close to each other. And to be honest, the C5 is not a bad looking car. A lot of people, you know, kind of brush it off as a yeah. forgotten generation of the Corvette. Yep. I hate the C4. C4 is by far the worst generation, but the C5, I, I, I actually like grew more appreciation for it looking at it. And good. I thought it was a really good looking car, good. especially with the hidden headlights. The C2 yep. is my favorite generation. Oh yeah. C2 is awesome. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then, and then the C3 kind of got hot wheelsy and then the C4 was definitely hot wheelsy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. And then the C5 kind of got back to the basics and I really liked that one. Yeah. Good. I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big C5 person. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, well, that's why I thought of that it was like, Yep. You know, cause it's, it's a really interesting car. Cause it's, it's one of those cars that I feel like is going to start going up in value because it's getting yep. to that like 20, 25 year old Mark manual yep. transmission Corvette. Exactly. So yep. even if it's got a lot of miles on it, like yours does, um, I think that it'll hold its value. I don't think, I think they stopped depreciating at this yep. moment. Yeah. So two things to say to you, actually, a while ago, you said you were looking at GTI. I highly recommend. I love my GTI. Yeah. Great car. Just got to yeah. say that Two, um, Yeah, I think the C5 hit its bottom already. The C4 and late generation C3s, um, they were sinking. The This stupid car market that we're in was probably the only reason that they stopped sinking. Mm. Uh, I think they might. I don't know if they'll go down anymore. I mean, C4s and late C3s are cheap. My dad is a C4, so I'm impartial to it. I like it just because it's been, you know, when I was two, I walked out into the garage and there was a red C4. I was just like, did I you make a video it. on that C4? No. Okay. It's I was going to say the background. Yeah. 
it's been yeah. in the background. Um, and my dad won't sell it because he had it when he was, he bought it when he was 18. Um, it's got 68,000 miles on it and he won't sell it one because it's worth nothing. They're worth yeah. literally next to nothing. You could probably get that car for two grand, $2,500. Uh, but two, it's got sentimental value. So, mm -hmm. um, it's not worth getting rid of. And I would like to maybe next year, take it out, fix it up a little bit and do some videos with it. Because for some reason, C4s are ridiculously popular on YouTube. I don't know if really? it's just Corvette in general, but yeah, C4s have a huge following on YouTube. I think it's basically because a lot of people can get them. People can afford them. Yeah, I, that's probably why. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's just not my favorite. It just doesn't look yeah. good. I just no. never really liked them. I mean, it's, there was this. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say it's it's not that it's a good looking car. I like it for just, again, the sentimental value and, you know, the electronic, the digital dash. That's cool. Um, you know, and the body looks pretty 80s. I like the flip up headlights because the C5s just go like this. The C4s literally do like a full tumble. Okay. It's kind of it's kind of cool to watch. Yep. It's just a little retro and stuff. But um, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So last question. Um, so obviously we've been talking about your success on YouTube. You have like 29,000 subscribers. 29, yep. Yep. All right. So what do you attribute to your success as a YouTube creator? It's hard not to, to say Corvette because it seems like that's what um, a ton of my growth came from the biggest risk I took in my life, which was buying the C5. Um, but I think for any YouTuber and anything in general, it's to work your ass off. Mm -hmm. It's I got luckier the, the harder I worked. And that's a classic saying, but there's it's the most truthful one is I get up at four in the morning every single day to edit videos. When the sun comes up, I'm out filming the videos. When I come back in, I'm editing again. So because opportunities are everywhere in the car world and stuff. Um, like a few months back over the summer, a friend of mine with a twin turbo Huracan, you know, the night before one of the biggest shows, the op opening of Kona Seg Boston, actually, you know, Lambo's matter on Instagram. He shot me a message. He's like, Hey, tomorrow, do you want to ride with me down to, uh, down to Kona Seg Boston? And the people I met and stuff with all these other twin turbo supercars and stuff, it's just, networking and networking and networking so you just never know when the next opportunity is going to be so you have to work so hard that you can be ready for it when it comes that's it yeah well that's that's some great advice and um i appreciate you coming on it's been a great conversation uh thanks for having I'm, me i'm glad that i that i reached out to you and and you agreed to come on because um i'd like to have a little change of pace on the podcast and get yep. some new people on yeah, um absolutely so yeah uh and to my listeners, uh, if you guys have any questions you'd like to ask, uh, want me to ask people in the future, email me knowledgeispowerra at gmail.com. Check out my website, custom3dllc.com, and there'll be a link on my website to the podcast uh, to share with your friends. So thanks, guys, for listening, and I'll catch you in the next one. Thanks, Max. All right. Oh, wait.